You're listening to episode 32 of the Curiosity Club podcast. Welcome to the Curiosity Club podcast, a safe place to get your weekly dose of life lessons, helping you let go of fear, overwhelm and insecurities. I'm your host, Katri Barrett, and with each episode, I share my insights and practical skills for you to unlock your full potential. Live and work confidently. Be courageous. Be curious. Because life's too short to keep holding yourself back. Hello, hello, Curiosity Clubbers. How are you all doing? I'm recording this from a heatwave in London, which, unsurprisingly, is very warm indeed. And all public transport seems to have gone a little haywire because, well, we can't seem to handle any extreme weather over here. But I do feel like it has given me some preparation as I am heading off to Spain this week for seven days of relaxing, exploring and for Festa Major, which is a week long festival in the region that my boyfriend is from, where each town celebrates their patron saints. It is so far from any traditional British celebration. I absolutely love it. This is my third year going. And these festivities are literally like nothing else I have ever seen. We're talking entire towns dancing through the streets with fireworks. There's giant paper mache dragons and heads. Oh yeah, and then there's human towers that are 50 feet high. If you don't follow me on Instagram already, I highly recommend doing so just so that you can see for yourself what I'm talking about. I'm going to be sharing it all over on my stories. My handle is at Katri Barrett, so go and find me there. I'm telling you now that you are going to want to see what these festivities are all about for yourself. Before I dive into this week's topic, I want to announce the winner of the competition I had running to celebrate the 30th episode. I used my trusty online random generator to input all of you who entered earlier. So, and drum roll please, the winner of the competition is Immy Ackland. Congratulations, Immy. I have already been in touch Um, And we're going to get you booked in for your free 90-minute coaching session. If you missed out this time or if you're thinking, oh, I'd love to win a coaching session, then not to worry, there are plenty more where that came from and they're coming your way. So be sure to be subscribed to the podcast and connect with me over on Instagram so that you don't miss out on them. Today, I want to explore with you a fundamental aspect of personal development that is quite frankly the biggest game changer for people, and that is managing your mind. Whatever is going on for you, whether you're not achieving what you want to achieve, you feel like things are always going wrong for you, you're often anxious or worried, or if you doubt your abilities or perhaps find yourself stuck in the same old unhelpful habits, it is your mind that will be the biggest culprit for keeping you stuck there. When I'm working with my coaching and mentoring clients, before any sort of progress can be made that takes them forward, we first have to look at what stories they're telling themselves via their thoughts that are keeping them stuck where they currently are. Everything you feel and everything you do is preceded with a thought. 
How we see the world is entirely dependent on what we think about it. How we see and feel about ourselves is entirely dependent on what we think about ourselves. We can't expect to change the way we feel, the results we're getting in our life are, or our habits until we pay attention to our inner landscapes. In this episode, I'm going to talk about how our thoughts influence us and our lives and ways you can start managing your mind to bring about a much more empowering and positive state for yourself. It was a huge turning point in my life when I began to have the realizations that I'm sharing with you today. So I'm also going to go into my story with it. Now, us humans, we have incredible minds. We're able to communicate with each other, make rational and logical decisions. We dream, we design, we've created a world of possibility where we go beyond the limits that nature put on us. We can connect with anyone in the world. We can travel to space. We can light up a room at a flick of a switch and we can fly in the sky when we were supposed to remain on land. None of this would be possible without our logical mind's ability to imagine, to problem solve and rationalise. The images and words in our heads, our thoughts, are what have helped build the collective world that we live in today. But it's also what dictates our inner landscapes and how we each experience our time on Earth. When left unchecked and untrained, our minds have the potential to run a little bit wild and that incredible imagination can potentially cause us much distress and ultimately hinder our enjoyment and success in many areas of our lives. Before we can start talking about how to better manage your mind and therefore your thoughts, it's important to ensure we all understand exactly what our thoughts are. This may seem obvious to some of you, but it's amazing how many people haven't actually identified the voice in their head before. For most people, thoughts are such an automatic process that they go completely unnoticed. And this is all very well when the stories you're being told in your head are empowering and truthful. But for lots of people, it's the opposite. When you're stuck in patterns of unhelpful thinking, you completely limit yourself and it dictates how you see and experience the world. It is also a hell of a lot harder to feel content and fulfilled. Constantly, tens of thousands of times a day, your mind is throwing up images, words and monologues in your head in reaction to whatever you're experiencing in, in the moment or whatever you're focusing on. It's like you have a movie playing in your head. The movie itself, what's displaying on the screen, that's your thoughts. And you, your true self, are sitting in the audience watching the movie. The problem is that most of us don't realise that they're simply watching the movie of our thoughts. They believe that they and their lives are the movie, that the movie is truthful and factual, when in actual fact, for a lot of the time, this isn't the case. I want you to see your mind as a tool. It is an instrument that you can use for your own success and enjoyment. But the issue is, for most people, their mind is using them rather than the other way around. In order to begin to take back the power from your mind and harness it for good, you must first become more aware. 
More often than not, we allow our thoughts to dictate our lives without even realizing it. And simply by becoming more aware of what stories we're feeding ourselves via our internal dialogue can be the turning point of some huge transformational shifts. When we're not aware of our thoughts, they suck us into the narratives they're telling us. Often this is ruminating about things that have happened in the past or worrying about things that might happen in the future. By replaying difficult or traumatic things that have happened to us in the past, we literally relive all the pain and discomfort again and again. And when this spirals out of control, this is what can lead to depression. Understandably, all these horrible things make us feel hopeless and helpless. When we're worrying about the future more and fretting over making ourselves look stupid, say, or all about all the bad things that could potentially happen to us, this is when we feel anxious. And when we're in this state for long periods of time, this is what can lead to things like clinical anxiety. By becoming more aware of your thoughts, you pull yourself out of those narratives and into the only real truth. And that is the present moment. It also gives you the opportunity to dispute what your thoughts are telling you. And I'm going to be coming to this a little bit later on in the episode. Falling into this unhelpful pattern of thinking is what kept me in a 10-year-long cycle of anxiety and depression. I believed I felt so bad because I was in a long-term relationship that was very emotionally abusive, because I wasn't attractive enough and that I needed to be thinner in order to be happy, and because I needed to get away from the boring, sleepy town that I was in and travel the world to feel excited and in order to make the most out of life. I broke up with said boyfriend and still felt sad and hurt. I went travelling to beautiful tropical islands and still cried most days. I lost weight and changed my body and I still hated the way that I looked. What I didn't realise at the time was that the way I felt was nothing to do with what was happening to me from the outside world. It was entirely to do with my thoughts about the events and constantly reliving them in my head as I was doing When my boyfriend cheated on me, I thought to myself, you know, I wasn't good enough or desirable. I told myself that I'd be happier when I was in a different place because the countryside where I grew up was boring. I obsessively thought about how unattractive I was and how I needed to be thinner in order to be valued and wanted by others. I constantly imagined what other people were saying about me and the conversations that I would have with people in the future. I lived for years within these stories in my head and in doing so, I missed out on enjoying the good experiences in my life, of which there were many. I just wasn't able to notice them because the thoughts in my head caused me to see the world through this negative filter. During this time, a therapist once said to me that I had the choice to choose my thoughts. And I left that appointment thinking that that was the most ridiculous thing I had ever heard and that he must be stupid. How could I choose my thoughts? I thought to myself. (laughs) They just happened to me. This was the whole issue. I felt like life was just happening to me. It was a bad, unpleasant experience and it was totally out of my control. How wrong I was. I 
had made myself a victim of the world and other people because I felt like I was hard done by and that all these bad things kept happening to me. My mind controlled my life and my happiness and I had no idea about it. It wasn't until a couple of years later when I'd begun to learn about this concept I'd heard of called mindfulness. That was, we're talking 10 years ago, when no one had really um, heard of it amongst my peers. And at the same time, I was listening to Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. This is when the penny finally dropped for me. The way that Eckhart describes how we are not our thoughts, that we are the viewer simply witnessing these words and images come through our mind, suddenly made me realise that I did have a choice that I could watch those thoughts come in and choose whether or not I listened to or believed them. This mindful approach is what I help instill within all my mentoring clients. Because once you realise that thoughts can come and go and you can choose how you respond to them rather than automatically reacting, it completely disempowers them. When we experience something, it's an activating event based on our past experiences so what has happened to us before and the beliefs we hold about ourselves and the world we will then have a thought about the event whatever we think about it will then trigger an emotional response in us whatever it is that we then feel will determine what we do next how we react and what behaviors we have The same thing can happen to three different people and depending on what their thoughts are about the event, they can have completely different reactions to them. Let's say our three mystery people get broken up with. When person A receives the WhatsApp message telling them it's over, they think, what an idiot, I can't believe they've done this, this is totally their loss, I'm going to be fine. This causes person A to feel a little bit annoyed initially, but mostly determined and passionate to show their ex what they're missing. These feelings of passion and determination then motivate them to start showing up at work more and putting in the effort that leads to them getting a promotion three months down the line. Person A also reconnects with friends they haven't seen in a while and starts going out and socialising more. And it's on a night out one month later that they meet a new partner who is a massive upgrade from the last. When person B received the breakup WhatsApp, their thoughts were, what did I do wrong? It's because I'm unattractive and I'm not good enough. I know it. I'm never going to meet someone else that I love and who loves me back. I'm going to be alone forever. Of course, this makes them feel pretty crap. They're hurt, embarrassed, insecure, lonely, deflated, and all of these emotions make them take a week off work and curl up in bed crying as they relive all the happy times with their ex in the past and torment themselves with the prospect of seeing them get a new partner in the future whilst they end up being alone and miserable forever. They keep playing these stories in their head and months go by whilst they still feel miserable about themselves. Person A starts drinking more than usual and when they're drunk they send messages to their ex telling them how much they miss them that always go unanswered. Then there's person C who received the text and reacted with similar thoughts to person B. 
oh God, this is the end of the world. What am I going to do? How will I cope? But what person C does differently to A and B is they notice that they're internally saying to themselves unhelpful things and they make a choice not to listen to them. You know what? No, I'm not going to let them take my power like this. I've been broken up with before. I was fine then and I'm going to be fine now. Loads of people find me attractive and they are plenty more fish in the sea. Person C shift, chose to shift their narrative and they did this whenever those unhelpful, disempowering thought patterns about the breakup crept back in. Disputing thoughts in this way is paramount to managing your mind and I'm going to teach you how to do this. I encourage all of my clients to become self-scientists and I'm going to encourage you to do the same. You need to challenge your thinking and treat your ideas and beliefs as hypotheses rather than facts. Just like scientists, think of yourselves as constantly gathering data. Your thoughts are assumptions that require proving instead of you just automatically believing them. A good way to start practicing this and noticing your thoughts is to ask yourself, what is going through my mind at this moment whenever you feel a surge of uncomfortable emotion? So when you feel jealous or angry or hurt, notice, notice it come up and then ask yourself, what am I thinking? What I'm teaching you here is a cognitive behavioural approach and I want to encourage you to start keeping a thought record where you can practice disputing your thoughts. I have a free download of this in the resources section of my website. I will also link to it in the show notes or you can head straight to www.catrybarrett.com forward slash resources. Once you've downloaded the thought record sheet, you're going to start by writing down a particular situation or a trigger that is your activating event. So a time when you feel that surge of emotion, writing it down. Next, you're going to write down the thought itself that you're having in that moment. This will either have come to you as words or images. In the next column, you're going to identify the emotion that has been triggered for you. Then the fourth step is to write down all the facts that support this thought. This is when you're bringing out that self-scientist within you and you're looking for evidence that proves or disproves the hypotheses of your thoughts. If your thought is, I am useless, write down all the evidence you have that means this is true. Things like, I'm going to get fired. What facts do you have that support this? Write everything down within this column. And then you're going to move on to step five, which is writing down all the proof that can act as evidence against the thought. So everything that shows you that you aren't useless, that time you got good grades, for example, when you received praise, when you felt successful or got a promotion, everything and anything that has happened throughout your life that suggests that that thought isn't true goes in this column. The final stage is to write an alternative, more helpful thought that is based from a more balanced perspective. 
It's here that it can be useful to imagine it was a friend telling you this thought. Or you could literally ask someone else to help you reframe this if it's something that you find difficult to do. So phone a friend and ask for help. Using person B as an example and their original thought of what did I do wrong? It's because I'm unattractive and I'll never be happy again. A more balanced thought this could be reframed to is this is because they've got their own stuff going on. I didn't do anything wrong and I know that they and all my ex-partners found me attractive because they told me so, as did their physical reaction to me. I have felt bad after a breakup before but I've always been fine and this time is no different. The more you practice disputing your thoughts like this and using a thought record to literally gather data for and against those stories that are triggering certain emotions within you, the more habitual it will become. Whenever you feel a surge of anger, pain, embarrassment, jealousy, whatever it is, just pause and ask yourself, what have I just told myself via a thought? Remind yourself that it isn't external events or other people that make you feel or behave in certain ways. It is your thoughts. When we assign blame to external things in this way, you are gifting away your power and standing in the way of your own autonomy because you're giving the control of how you feel to other people or events. By reclaiming responsibility for yourself, you can reclaim your power and feel anything and do anything that you want to. Keep practicing that self-science. It's such an invaluable skill. Your thoughts are not facts and you have a choice whether you believe them. In order to change the way you feel and behave, you must first change the way you think. Until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.